Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Cliff Dorfman Show. And that's enough about me. Jason. Hey, welcome to the Cliff Dorfman Show. Good to be here. We have an amazing, amazing, amazing guest. I'm very excited. I'm already excited. I, I, you know, this guy's been to Sundance more than you've been to the bathroom. This guy makes movies. And He's I'm an all-around renaissance guy. This guy does everything. Actor, director, writer, producer, humanitarian, philanthropist. I mean, let's just get into it. Does he want to be my guest co-host? No, oh, I see what you're saying. Right, I'm going to get replaced, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Michael Polish. Yeah, here we are. Hey, hi, hi welcome. Michael. Thank you very Thank much. you for being here. I just want to get into it. Okay, I just right. want to start. So let me do my first thing, which is so. You were born. So far, so good. All right, we started. Now, right. where is this? This is in California. Well, yeah, this is El Centro, the border of Calexico, Mexicali, in El Centro. Busiest border town, I think. It's got a lot of traffic. That's for sure. A lot of violence. Yeah, a lot of violence. And my mom is Mexican and my dad is from Montana. Perfect Clean Eastwood story. <laughs> How did they meet? He was in the Naval Academy, Naval Base. He was a per- he was a test jumper for the Navy. Oh, wow. So he's a badass. He was. Uh, he, he's gone. Well, no, no, he's still here. Okay, so he's I mean, still he's, a badass. Yeah, and you, you don't want to challenge the chief anytime soon either. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. he's a badass. He just doesn't jump anymore. No. That you know of. That we know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean, is he still living in Montana? Yeah, he's in Montana. Yeah, I mean, is he, what was he, a captain or a sergeant? Or no, what? he was, a, he he got into the, uh, he was part of the uh, the formation of the DEA. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he meets your mom. Right. And they decide they're going to get married and have kids, or yeah. a kid. They're going to have, a I kid. think ideally <laughs> was probably two kids. But. Then there was, I have an older brother, which is, you know, the. Um, I see. So ends up having time. one. First time's great. Let's have another one. <laughs> Bam. Now it's you, Mark, and, your and Matthew. So there's three of us. I mean, what? They had no idea because no. back then. Mm-mm. And you're born now in California, and yeah. you're living where? In El Centro. El Centro. Yeah. Really religious names. Like that's all. Like New Testament, first three books of the Bible kind of names. Right. Right. Yeah. Religious upbringing. Mm-hmm. Could you guess? <laughs> yeah, my Let's dive right in. My mom is working Catholic. Ah, uh, okay. You know, shit goes down. Yeah, light a candle. Mm-hmm. So, lighting a lot of candles. Like, we lit a lot of candles, and they're not expecting three kids no. by any means. No, they had Matt, and he was two, and then Mark comes out, and they said, "Miss Polish is another one." So I was there. The baby. I was there. I just don't remember much you're the, of it. You're the baby. I'm though. the baby, baby. The yeah. So yeah. how many minutes are between you? I'm sure you answered this a lot. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a lot faster if they knew I was there. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the title of his new autobiography, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Michael Polish. Yeah. It was about 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. That's... They were cleaning... I, I imagine they're cleaning up Mark. And they're putting him... To yeah, they think it's we, over. They're like, it's done. And then... They've wrapped up they, the whole thing. Look at their patient. There's something else there. Something still kind of hurts. 20 minutes later, that's a lot. I mean, you're not even twins, really. Not now. Yeah. Am I wrong? And probably a, not a name for a second. <laughs> that's kind of how 101 <laughs> Dalmatians started, too. Like the, They had like some of the puppies, and then just one like way later just kind of popped out at the end. That's what you're going to? Is it Disney? I can, that's all I can relate for? to. I try and relate to everything through Disney movies. Well, that's life one on one, isn't it? Dalmatians. I can't argue with you. Oh, wait, I, I'm going to digress because we got onto some good stuff. Your dad's a career naval guy. He was, he graduated, mm-hmm. you know, from high school, went to the Navy, 
got into test jumping so they were they were test jumping all the uh parachutes and all the gear that was going for nasa for the space race and so every parachute injection seats injection seats with parachutes all in the desert down in the imperial valley so they were busting these there was probably 12 of these guys they're like the right stuff but the the the, like the stuntman right stuff that's fucking insane yes they're busting these guys they're they're testing all these um every time your dad leaves you're for work your mom's like yeah maybe yeah i I mean that's looking for a parachute is that (laughs) (laughs) eyes to the sky a lot i mean thank god he's still alive yeah i did it quite a bit and then in the early 70s when nixon was forming uh the dea Mm -hmm. they were looking for a bunch of cowboys because there was the fbi the cia the secret service and my dad applied for the DEA and was one of the first agents. I mean, right in there, you got a whole, yeah. you got a show, you got a movie, you got, yeah. I mean, that's, and how long did he stay in the DEA for? About 35 years. Okay. 30, so 35 years. That was it. Yeah, that was, was it. That was all he did. That was his marriage. He went through a bunch of different administrations with different ideas about the drug war. Okay, we're going to yeah. creep up to that. Yeah, so so yeah. your triplets, you're born, you're in Centro, and now you're, you, you know, what's your first memory? Do you have one? Like, do you recall what your first memory is? Probably how hot the sidewalks were. Are you being sarcastic yeah. or like no, no, you're being no, serious? Probably how hot it was. Really? Is it that if hot? If I recall a memory, it's probably a, a feeling like a heat. And there was then probably the girl across the street. <laughs> Did you? Was there one? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Um, you don't. But it was that. it was primarily you know Mexican, so I was really associated with my mom's family. Okay, so that's a that was whole that was, culture. It was a whole up. culture, yeah. And so having the the well, nannies being raised. Um, because you don't look Mexican. How could you tell? I mean, I mean, I'm just saying the cardigan gave it away, <laughs> right? The, right this, away. Well, the khakis are Mexican. The, <laughs> the cardigan is white. <laughs> this is kind of in between. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. That could be anything, really. Yeah. That t- yeah. but really it ties though, it all together. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fascinating to me because you're in a predominantly because Mex- I grew up predominantly Jewish area. Yeah. You're predominantly Mexican yeah. area, but you're not. Mm-mm looking even though you are yeah but how's that Uh, that's a good question i think maybe because chipotle peppers rock i mean i'm not sure (laughs) it's you know when you grow when you grow when you grow up with uh, the mexican culture being you just assume you're mexican and no one made you feel different Mm -mm. see that's beautiful that's not what we've heard in the past with other things where you know it feels like definitely an outsider you're welcome and embraced yeah you're in you're in. Well, that's and, nice. So that's nice and toasty. Yeah, it's yes. Yeah, and the barbecues are really good. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, the barbecues are long. great. Uh, okay, but wait. Yeah. So your family now? Your dad away a lot. He's coming home every night. Yeah, he's, he's coming not, home every night. He's not like getting you know yeah. sent away. Yeah. Okay. He so just lands in the front yard. Yeah. yeah. He comes in. <laughs> yeah, just he wears like, dinner. Just like astronaut farmer, he just comes <laughs> home, picks us up for pizza. <laughs> I mean, oh, I love that movie. Yeah, that's Okay, so Billy Bob. All right. Where does this thing happen where you go? Where are you going to elementary school? Yeah. In El Centro, right across the street. I think it was called Desert Gardens. It was probably a block or two from my house. Oh, you were like the kids who like... Yeah, we could walk to lunch. school. I mean, in El Centro at that point was pretty much agriculture because you had Brawley in the Imperial Valley. So the smell of ammonia plant was pretty close. Every evening you could smell ammonia. Hmm. So it was very working class. Were you spending any time in Montana at that point? Yes. I was going there quite a bit because my father would trek us up there a what? few times a year. You have a home there? Or? Yeah. 
And, and all his families there, his sisters all lived there, his mom was living there, his cousins, and that side of my family's all, most of it was a ranching community, probably the late, you know, late 30s, early 40s. So you're doing a back and forth yeah. thing, and not at school, Not at school, but, but out of school, we would just hike it up there. And, and what were you noticing in Montana? Like, who was responding? Like, were you responding more to Montana or more to El Centro as far as uh, personality dynamic? It was, it was a real mix because when you're in El Centro and you get to go to a ranch, you fall in love with the, the cows and the animals and the motorcycles and the, and all the stuff that takes a, what it takes to have a ranch run properly. So you just get into that into that rhythm. And you know, just so you understand why I'm. You know where yeah. I'm slowly yeah. getting to is you as an artist to me are, are you're fascinating Thank and, you. and the films you make are are absolutely uh, yeah. tell me if you agree with me or not not representative of your upbringing or mm-hmm. who you are and that's why I'm like yeah. dying to find out more about who you are because I'm trying to see some pattern in where you're getting these divine gifts oh am i slapping around the thing now am i making noise that i shouldn't be making so that's a whole bucket of truth right there so so you're going back and forth to both these places you're feeling mm-hmm. like an insider at both right. these places right and it's a real it's a it's a real divide because you have a real culture one way and you have a real cowboy culture in another way and yeah. and you have parents that are in love with each other so they're making it work in each side it's, it's 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 fascinating because you get a real passionate quality with the and you get a real silent quality and it, I, I'm, it's, I really, it's a it's a it's a it's a petri dish called polish i guess well if you if you wrote it you know what i'm saying yeah. it's like oh that's cliche yeah. yeah of course the you know cowboy marries yeah. the indian yeah. you know it's yeah. like but you know <laughs> exactly. but it's like no it's not it's actually two people who fell yeah. in love yeah. and now he's stationed out in this place so are you feeling anything on that end like you're all in school together, right? Yeah, well, my brother is two years ahead of me and my twin's with me. So right, that's what I mean. There's a inherent bond that just instantly happens when you have a, a twin. So you you got a best friend pretty much throughout your school life and you depend on that. So what you gain when you're young is, is a lot of confidence from a person that doesn't disagree with you a lot. And so <laughs> you don't have to audition friendships. You have your friend with you. What, that's deep. what happens when you get older is that you become adults and you didn't get the social skills that most kids got because they learned to deal with adversity with different personalities where you just had a personality with your brother. So it kind of flops on you when you get older. See, now I'm starting to see it because you have been so supported. You have been so. Yeah. There's an insular quality and you know, you go to the movies together, you see a lot of, you do a lot of stuff together because you have a support system. But are you agreeing on the same stuff? Yeah. yeah. And is that just natural? Mm-hmm. Or do you think at that? Yeah. That's when what you I'm look asking. back. Yeah. You, you you enjoy listening to the same music. You're influenced probably by your parents. My dad was really into country western at the time, which was the genre. Now it's I don't know what it's called now. Maybe it's called Americana. Is that but what it's called? I think it, the, the country that was you know, like, the outlaw country, which was like Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson the and best. that early '70s stuff that was coming Love right it. out of Texas. The sort of rejects out of Nashville was was heavily influenced in my house, and then my mom was very very into R and B and and the disco stage that was coming out, hmm. Lionel Richie, and so you'd wake up in the morning, you'd hear you know Easy Like Sunday Morning, <laughs> and then on the night you'd hear you know Don't Let Your ca- Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. Again, you're yeah. really I don't 
really ever like using the word, but the juxtaposition is yeah, kind of yeah, it's kind really of interesting. You know, when you listen to KCRW and you say morning is eclectic, it's not that eclectic. Come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> At that age, there's three of you. You're right. all connected. Yeah. Again, something we'll never understand. Yeah. But you say, okay, I like this kind of music. And they're like, oh, I like that music. Let's go yeah. to see this movie. Yeah. I wanted to see that movie. Yeah. No, yeah. no one's say just saying that, mm-hmm. right? It really is a an. an, an it's intuitive. It, there's, it's coming from somewhere. My dad. I remember my dad taking me to the movies quite a bit, and then there was a, a theater in El Centro which was into the recycling program. So if you were able to collect bottle caps, you could trade in bottle caps for watching movies. So we'd oh, go out, right. pick up a bunch of bottle caps, and they would trade that in. And I remember watching the the life and times of. Um, the life and times of uh, Grizzly Adams. I saw that. Yeah, in the theater. In the theater. I, I right? still want to make that. I think that. we're the same age. I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm 51. Oh, I'm so 49, yeah. Yeah, you're two years And some, I remember seeing the Lifetime of Grizzly and and then I thought, you know, this might, as I got older and reflected, this might be just a form of daycare, you know, going to movies with your father so he could get you out of the house. or, But he was a very outdoorsman, but maybe he just wanted to get me away from my mom for a second. Um, just and I remember Tupperware parties were really big. Remember? Oh, I do. Tupperwares, yeah. and my mom wanted to host a Tupperware party, so my dad took me to a double feature. And I'm just I'm not going to be there. And I was very young to be watching Animal House and the Jerk on the same bill. Not back then. I saw Chinatown yeah. in the theater when yeah. I was uh, six or whatever. Like you know, now the Omen yeah. in the theater, yeah. his head get chopped off by and the glass. Excalibur and E.T. was on oh, the same I saw bill. Excalibur in the theater too. Yeah. That great, they were nude scene. I was yeah. like, oh my god, they were breasts. Yeah, I, I'd never seen anything. A like, lot of lot of foliage. Yeah, a lot of foliage. Yeah, lot but of also foliage. a lot of there was yeah. that one shot. Too. Yeah, in the beginning, and that was it. But you remember that movie? I love yeah. too. But you're going to the theater. You're seeing these you're movies. Seeing a lot of movies at that point. And is it just you and your dad, or is it yeah, the three? Yeah, and, the, and the, all the boys would go see movies. Okay, so um, everyone's together. And it was a it was a real activity to go see movies. My mom would take me. Um, and since it got really hot, mm-hmm. it was nice to go into air conditioning spots. And did you not have air conditioning at your house? We did, but it was those water cooler types so that you'd have to sit pretty close or be in the room where it was at. It wasn't a very central. Right. So we'd go to movies and cool off. So that's where the first influence starts. Yeah, that's where the first influence starts. And are you saying like, okay, I want to like, what? Okay, you're at elementary school. You're with your brothers, and again, you're going to these movies. Maybe it's an escape, you yeah. know, for for your dad to get yeah, you away. Yeah. And, but are they? When are they starting to seep in? Like, what's the first thought you have? Where you're like, I think I want to write or move a camera. There, or yeah, there's a few touchstones that when you start to watch movies, you start to realize. They're starting to make you feel something. There's a connection between the screen and the and you being the audience member. And you're going, what is that? What's what's in the air that's in between? It's making me laugh. It's making me cry. It's making me emotional. It's making me go outside and change certain parts of my life. Like, look, I watch Rocky. I want a box. You know, I see E. T. I'm gonna I'm gonna write E. T. in the lawn with my lawnmower. I want him to come home. So you start doing things that influence the movie start influencing your life in a way i want to go talk to this girl i'm going to see what tom Cruise does i'm going to see what sean penn does i'm going to see what all these actors do and i'm going to start using those lines and so it started to become a way of me associating my life and how to act with people just because i was shy was it working it it worked good enough (laughs) it worked good enough to get you by yeah or it worked good enough like you were surprised 
Like you're all of a sudden you have a, a multitude of yeah. friends and you're incredibly popular or no? Because I wasn't, so I don't feel bad. No, I wasn't very, I wasn't very popular, but mm-hmm. but you didn't have to be. I didn't have to be, you but I, you know, when we were also being twins, it's a very it's a neat spectacle for other people, you know, because you're always looked at, you're always stared at, and that became um, a way to you become even more insular at that point because you everywhere you go, you look like somebody else, and people would always say, "Well, I can tell you." It was for them to say, "Hey, I could tell you apart," and you guys are twins, so you're instantly a conversation piece. Yeah, I mean, didn't you start like first acting as twins? Yeah, like, that's in Hellraiser. Yeah, Hellraiser. That, that's an interesting story because mm-hmm. I never saw myself as being an actor. And the special effects guy named Terry Tunnycliffe, who was mm-hmm. doing a lot of the effects for Pinhead, wanted us to. Um, so cool. He needed twins for this for this this part. And we were getting ready to do Twin Falls, Idaho, mm-hmm. and he had all the equipment, had all the things to make us conjoin twins. And so we sort of tested it out on that movie. It was sort of a, it was a trade because that's he said, if you could do this, I'll work on yours too. And so that was... And that's how he ended up doing our, our effects. Okay, yeah. good. I'm so thrilled yeah. you just told me that, but yeah. let's... Okay, so we're going to back up because mm-hmm. that's good though. Yeah, that I is mean, good. And then you took it from Hellraiser and you modified it. We modified that. There was a yin and yang quality that they had in their face. And they were using silicone. And silicone was being used more because it it absorbed light as opposed to reflect light. And Mm -hmm. so it was looking more like skin. And we were starting to test, like, well, if we were conjoined in the the middle part, when we open up our shirt, it'd be less like a prosthetic and more like tissue. And so that was a big, it was trying to figure out how much makeup you could put on before it looked like it was a false nose or false eyes or ears. And we're, you know, that's the beauty part of the business. You're getting paid to play, yeah. to play this make believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, okay, so yeah. let me, let me, let me pump the brakes for a second. So. You wouldn't have to pump them if they were discs. <laughs> <laughs> I think, see, that's a guy who knows about cars. Now I'm starting to see though, the, 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 why the conjoined twins the mm-hmm. the the absolute layers within the insulation right. of your family yeah. how astronaut farm the isolation uh-huh. of being on this planet with right. no one else there but that's where i'm most comfortable yeah and now okay now the it's outsider starting to was, seep in and then you start finding yourself attracted to the outsider movies the lone wolves yep. the clint eastwoods the man with no name mm-hmm. the road warriors the mad maxes and you start being drawn to this type of cinema because you're you have a reflection and there's a parallel universe you're living in and those movies start to shine really big in my life and i start looking at i want to do that what age is this around probably nine or ten when i saw i think mad max was the movie that really spoke to me it was the australian Mm -hmm. version and it was it's a it's a it's an ironic story because my friend who was living across the street we my dad was um transferred to sacramento because they were starting a they were starting he was starting to fly a plane and started to be doing the air wing side of the dea and so they moved him to sacramento so we moved to sacramento oh just uprooted yeah just sacramento. sacramento and this is around nine yeah, we seven or eight we okay went, but about nine or ten my friend across the street moved to santa monica and and, and this be- was like your best friend yeah, in, my sacramento. Best friend in sacramento oh that's yeah that's tragic when yeah, that happens yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. that's a chord that's yeah cut. and that's a friend that me and my brother you know, I guess we shared them. So right. it was like now you have now we have a trifecta because there's me and Mark and this kid named Craig, and 
Craig huh. became one of the brothers, and he was didn't have a brother of that age, so he, we started to become these triplets. Uh-huh. And so when they uprooted him, it became very... That's dramatic. Yeah, it's dramatic. And they moved in Santa Monica, and they they had a, a, a condo, which I didn't even know what a condo was at that time, because <laughs> you're living in suburbia. You're like, what's a condo? Right, no idea. Yeah, you know, uh, not so adverse with living situations at that time. <laughs> but it does sound kind of sexy, yeah, condo in Santa condo, Monica. Yeah, a condo. kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it was three floors, and on the bottom they had a basement where the kids can play. And there was this new service coming out called Homebox Office. And you could get Homebox Office, Showtime, and Cinemax. And they're pumping it into your garage, <laughs> right? Which is a cable. It's called cable. Mm-hmm. And so they would license these movies, and they licensed this movie, Mad Max, and it was on probably seven times a day. And so we'd go and watch it religiously, religiously, and not realizing that you're watching basically a Clean Eastwood movie. Mm-hmm which is something you really you find appealing, but you have this new actor called Mel Gibson, who's young, yep. handsome, probably the next Paul Newman at that time. Agreed. Um, and we watched it over and over again. And then his his stepmother came down and said, you guys need to get out of the house. Go see a movie. There's a double bill happening at the Arrow Theater, and I believe it's on Montana Boulevard, and mm-hmm. it's walking distance to his house. So we go, we're just going to go over there. She gives us a few bucks at that time and we walked down the street and on the bill it said um conan the conan the yeah, conan the barbarian, the, yeah, barbarian uh-huh. the destroyer with conan the john millius yeah one. and it was the first one and it was it was breaking after pump i guess it was it was probably yeah, sure it's it's first thing big and there was a road warrior but i net there was no, they weren't associating mad max with the road warrior i know all. but i always got confused about that too because it was a natural sequel yeah but it, was, it was all by itself right but it was still max, yeah, it was still max. max. And, it, and it was a natural sequel yes. i sit in the theater and they play the first five minutes of what happened in mad max and i've been sitting watching this thing for a week hmm. over and over again you didn't and that just, know it, it, that to me was the magic that just that, that was the to, moment. That was the moment. That was that the was, moment where that, you figured out what was happening between the screen and, and you. Yeah, I figured out that that the universe at any time was telling me, "We're giving you this. You've been watching this. We're going to see. This is how cinema works." You got that feeling, and from that point on, I said, "I'm going to do that." That is like to me. I, 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 I. It's like, did it happen for your brother at the same yeah. time? Like we, we both. Did you turn to it? Was there a moment? I mean, just writing that and making it up? No, I think all three of us were pretty excited by it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, um, we loved movies at that point anyways. But to have a, a surprise connection right. with the film that you just, you didn't know that you could go from watching it on TV that the sequel, and the sequels weren't happening at that point. Right. They weren't like a big part mm-hmm. of filmmaking or, yeah. or the business even, Mm-mm. really. And there wasn't the internet. It uh-huh. wasn't like you had spoilers or anyone would be like, oh yeah, Mad Max is a part of the road where it's like you had to really go and find out. Yeah, and it wasn't, we weren't reading reviews. We weren't reading if it was good or bad. And right. Mainly during the 80s, I never even knew what reviews were. Yeah. You just saw same. everything. Yep, you saw everything. It was yeah. just like you watched everything because yeah. there wasn't that much Let's Content. go to the let's go to the movies. wasn't about how fresh the fucking tomatoes were. You know? <laughs> You're absolutely excuse right. Me, excuse me for the language. Oh yeah, no, we can yeah. fucking curse all yeah, the fuck okay. we want yeah, in yeah. this fucking show. I mean, only if it fucking yeah. works yeah. for your own. Or only if you're insulting yeah. vegetables yeah, yeah. and their freshness. Yeah. Fuck those well, I was saying, unfresh tomatoes. Listen, I said I I actually don't want fresh tomatoes because they don't make the best sauce anyways. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, the older something gets, do you the fucking more, cook too. Like, do you well, the, cook? I'm a, more of a baker. 
But you you can I bake. Could, I, I can bake. Yeah, I was I was taught as I was I was seriously I was told at a young age if you can't bake you can't do much. Really? Who mm-hmm. you told that my, by? My dad, because he was, we were living up in Montana, we were baking loaves of bread, and he would make these crazy cinnamon rolls, and he said, a three or four or five, I, he would <laughs> say, okay, you're going to help me roll this out. So, so, don't, first thing, don't kill the yeast, right? So This is a manly guy. Really. That's what I'm saying. The guy's a crash <laughs> test pilot, and it's like, you got to know how to bake. If you don't know how to bake, you don't know shit. Yeah. Because oh. you mean, need to fantastic. bake. Fantastic. And he taught you. Yeah, and he gives a he gives a nice dig to my mom because your mom doesn't know how to bake. It's <laughs> <laughs> like great. This is great. I, okay. So you have this moment now, whether it's in the theater or not. What's the next thing for you that you can recall I on this s- trip? I I start trying to figure out how to get information on this actor Mel that Gibson. I'm through. So I start looking at. I don't think Premiere was out yet. Premiere must have been the mid mid eighties. So you start looking at it, maybe somewhat like an American cinematographer. These, mm-hmm. anything you get your hands on to start reading about how this was made. So you start investigating and going to magazine stores, looking at anything you can look at to start connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. And so that takes a few years because I'm in Sacramento. I'm in, I'm in the suburbs of a town called Rockland. You have one theater that's probably 20 minutes away and that's it. And what's on TV is on TV. And you and Mark are actively trying yeah, we're, together yeah. as a team. Yeah, and we're a team because we're just twins at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, we're hanging around because it's more convenient. And but you have that. You're almost. It's your your first serious relationship. I, I'd imagine. Yeah, know? that's what I'm yeah. fascinated by. It's like so you're doing this together. You found yeah. this again, this commonality, yeah. and you're trying. You're damnedest yeah to find any little morsel out yeah and my older brother was really into music so oh. he was bringing home death metal i mean he was into slayer then he was in hmm. you know started with kiss and then from kiss. kiss went into slayer megadeth and minor threat and all the mm, all the hardcore yeah he went really hardcore and yeah then corrosion he got into of conformity and, and, yeah corrosion of conformity black flag dead oh, kennedys yeah. all these bands that you know, posters started going up on the wall, decorating everything. And you go, this is what teenage life at this point right. looks like. This it's, is it. It's wallpaper. And he's starting, <laughs> and he's starting his punk band. Really? And he's got a band called IGD, which is infectious garage disease. I'm like, it's a good name. You know, and then there's Rigor Mortis that came out. I'm like, where does these guys get these names? Like they must have sat up, smoked a lot of pot and looked through an encyclopedia or like, <laughs> there's a good name. There's a good name. Like right. anything that's death. death. And, right. Like, it's fucking yeah, smelly. Just yeah. a death pun. Like yeah. corpse. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Cannibal corpse. Yeah. I remember yeah. those guys. Cannibal corpse. Right. Yeah. That was it. Corrosion of conformity yeah. was cock. Yeah. That yeah. was COC. Yeah. That was like the big like shirt that you wore. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're getting influenced by this 80s punk scene. Yeah. And it's early and, and I start seeing the new wave. For me, it's the new wave transition. So you're starting to see bands like Duran Duran break. Mm-hmm. Even even David Bowie started to lean with modern love towards this pop hybrid. Yep. And so I get sort of sucked into this after the country western, because country western started to get a little more. Kenny Rogers was getting really popular. And, and you see these outlaws starting to fade a bit. Maybe Merle Haggard is keeping it alive. And then this young cowboy comes out of nowhere called Dwight Yoakam and Dwight Yoakam just blows mm. the doors off of people yep. and that kept my foot in country western was Dwight was the one that kept country alive for me for, for many years but I started getting into new wave and some of the punks was, punk for me was probably Bad Brains 
coming out of Washington D.C. and then Pet Brands. Yeah, so they were good. just they were just so good. They were so good. And then you started to see even um, kids from San Diego. Was that Faith No More? Yeah, kid from San oh, Diego. I think they were one of the best. Yeah. Faith No More to me is the. And then they lost the singer. Got another singer. I think the guy Mike out of um, San Francisco. So I, Pennywise. Yeah. And so my brother kept me really up. My older brother kept me really updated with bands that were going on. And so your older brother's hitting you with the, all, all the, the hippest music. Yeah, and just you and yeah, your twin are watching, Mark are just watching every, every fucking movie, movie that you could possibly watch. Yeah, and and then VHSs started to come out, and you could start renting VHSs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a blockbuster type outfit that was on the corner called Plaster TV. They sold TVs, and you could rent. Because so you had to buy one yeah, too. They, yeah. Did they have the TVs where the VCR yeah. was attached? Mm-hmm. Those were the. the those they were big. Like, they were like they were Mac trucks. You know? I know. No, um, not a joke. Did you? But you. Didn't we we ended up getting advice. We ended up getting separate machines, okay. and then the cable box started coming out. So you had the cable box, and then. This is now. So do you at any point did someone buy you a camera in your house? Is there a moment? Not until eighty eight was oh, okay. the. Not until eighty eight was the. The smaller cassette, Hi8, that was coming out. Sony was coming out with this. That's when you're graduating high school, yeah, right? Yeah, graduating high school. So I was late on the cinema because there was, other than Super 8, mm-hmm. there was not a lot of facilities where I was at. So right. what I ended up doing was um, I was an artist. So I could draw and I could take a lot of photographs. And so I built this portfolio and applied to CalArts, which is just up the road in Valencia or Santa Clarita. Huh. And um, by the time I was... By the time I was 88, I was 17, I applied to art school. Did, was Mark doing the same thing mm-hmm. now? And this is a... This is a. This is what I'm saying, you decide together, by We decided together that it was Walt Disney School, and, I, and at hmm. that time, you know, Walt just passed away before they cut the ribbon of the school, hmm. and it was a... And I flew down and walked the campus. This is just wonderful. It's opposite the high school. I wasn't very successful in high school. I thought, this is a place that I could really... So you didn't have good grades? Mm-mm. Oh man, I made the D minus look really good. Yeah, I did as well. But how did you think you were going to get into the school? Like because they, like, they didn't look at. They only wanted to see your portfolio. They didn't want to see your transcript. Is that still the case? Uh-huh. Do you know? That is fantastic. That there's still places like that that are of such high. Yeah, you know, and they only accept 20, 20 kids a year per school. So we're only seeing a class of maybe a hundred. And you just get this initiative, you and your brother. Yeah, get and the so initiative. he applies to the film school, and mm-hmm. I apply to the art school. So there's five schools with underneath that roof. There's theater, there's art, there's music, dance, and production art design, um, which is for like theater. Wow. And I apply, there's my portfolio, and I they said, we're not really accepting, or we're not accepting kids at high school. We'd like you to get a couple years to come back or at least go out. You're just hmm. very young, but your portfolio suggests that you could be here. Why don't you come down and, and interview? And I fly down. Craig, who lives in Santa Monica, right. who oh, showed me the man, way to the condo. His, he picked me up, and we went ah. to the school. And I go, this sort of full circle. Is Craig still your friend? Yeah, yeah. He's I got a. That. He's got a. And he <laughs> lives in um, Ronkonkoma. Does he really? He's an Lake attorney. Ronkonkoma. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's an attorney. Yeah. I love it. Okay, please continue. And so Craig picks you up. Picks you up. <laughs> we go to the school, and right. it's you know it's like the Alamo up there. It's on the side <laughs> of a hill. It's just white and. You know, wow. the rumor is if it ever failed, it'd become a hospital. And I go, pretty much the same thing. <laughs> you know? um, walk around, um, walk into the dean of the art school. Right. It was, a, it was a lady, and she takes me into this cubicle, somewhat like this room. She puts her 
she was wearing Doc Martens and she puts it, I remember, puts, slams them on the desk. She goes, why the fuck do you want to come here? <laughs> you know, I'm still in high school at this point. And I said, because I have nowhere else to go. I was and like, she, officer and a gentleman. Yeah, you were with your gear. I yeah. got no place to go. To go. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I wish it looked that way. I would have just picked her up and walked out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah Winger. Yeah. All right. And so. How'd you respond to that? And she said, well, we're going to look at your stuff and you're going to get a letter. It was that quick. Mm, and so I leave, I go home. And then what I ended up doing, I said, this school is so tough to get into. I went to the Air Force um, office and I applied and I was 17 and my dad was able to sign sign away from me because uh-huh. I was 18. I said, I'm going to go into the Air Force or I'm going to CalArts. That's it. I'm out of. I you gave yourself that. zero yeah. other in yeah. between. I'm not sticking around here because. Well, what's happening with Mark at this? Like, are you he guys? Applied, he applied too to the Air Force. No, he applied to CalArts under the film school. But I'm saying I got that. Yeah, part. but he didn't do the Air Force. Bit. So you were willing to go without yeah. him? And yeah. then you're like, fuck it. If yeah. you, you know, if I don't get in, I'm going. I'm going to the Air Force. Uh-huh. Did he do better in school? Yeah, he was. He was. He was sharper for sure. So you, he thought he was getting in. Yeah. Okay. And hmm. I remember, of course, mowing the lawn mowing the lawn in the afternoon is probably Saturday because we got mail on Saturdays and my dad I remember that walking we had a, somewhat of an acre and he hands me a letter as a letterhead of CalArts and I open oh. and I go I got huh. in I got in and he goes you did like he, he didn't think I don't think there's no way there's no way it's gonna happen even the school I was going to mm-hmm. the teacher said I wouldn't get in the art teacher said I wouldn't get in. Right. So there's nobody from <laughs> pretty much California is going to that school. Um, and I got it. And that letter to, wow. to this date changed changed everything in my life. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. That, that is especially. And did your brother get in? No, he didn't get in. And he didn't go to the Air Force. No, he stayed. He st- actually stayed home. And that became the first separate. That became the first separation in our in our relationship where I went to school and I could probably look back at that wow. point seeing that was where the divide started. How was that? You know, like, what do you, what do you recall? Like you, now you're away. You said, okay, I got this I, fucking thing. You know, I'm, Is I'm, there jealousy? I'm excited at that point that I'm not even looking at what he's going through. But you're not feeling it? Not as much. I felt he could apply next year and I go down and maybe set it up, you know, a partnership in that way. But at that point you want so bad out of high school you want so bad out of your small town. Right. You're looking at, you're, I guess you could be selfish at that point, but you're not everybody's a twin either. No, I mean, it's a very deep thing to have to deal with. It's kind of why I'm keep yeah. asking yeah. about it. Because it's not selfish at all. I mean, no. it's, it's not what at you're all. supposed to do with any other, you know, in any other thing with yeah. any other relationship. If yeah. it wasn't a twin, you'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you have a twin, you're, You've checked and balanced most of your life at that point. Yeah. Everything you've done, you're going to the lake. Do you want to go to a concert? Do you want to do this? And we both had motorcycles. We had a Jeep that we shared. So a lot of our life was really interdependent. Conjoined. Yeah, we were really conjoined at that point. And so when I went to Cal Arts. Did you guys, did you have to talk with him and like have a conversation with him? Like, hey, I got in. Like you and your dad know, yeah. but now you have to go to Mark, right? Yeah, I wish I was that articulate at that point. But at that, you know, all we had at that point is probably Phil Donahue to kind of help that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that doesn't seem to. Uh, yeah. To, to be able to, you know, hold it's, it's very situation. difficult. Yeah, you know, you're 17, <laughs> and 
it's not like today where we have so many quotes on Instagram to help you through the next night, you know? There's nothing there. There's a hashtag for you. Yeah, Whatever ha- your problem hashtags is. Hashtags twins break up. I make Cliff send me a couple of just inspirational sentences every day before bed so I get to sleep, get sweet dreams. If you want inspirational stuff, I tell you Napoleon Hill. If you haven't listened really? to Napoleon Hill, listen to Napoleon Hill. Every other motivational speaker came from him. Yeah. I digress. So... This is important, though, because you have to have this conversation with them, whether it's two lines or whatever. It's a huge thing. Do you even recall it? We don't. Nothing that's monumental to the point where I can recall. It was we went. I remember preparing to go. And, you know, at this point, is he jealous? Um, I don't know. I I never put that kind of feeling on our relationship. Right. I mean, looking back, of course, probably. I mean, I would be. Right. Well, well that actually says something really nice about you yeah. and your brother that yeah. you can, it, that if you didn't feel that jealousy and you don't remember yeah. it, that it meant he probably did a pretty yeah. good job of, of masking yeah. it if he had any yeah. and, and being supportive. But still, he has to be the one who's staying home. Yeah, he's staying home and and That's continuing big. on the thing that we both wanted to escape. And so, so, what is he going to do at home? He's going to stay and go to school. He has to go. He went to uh, community college, which to me would just have been torture. But that's why yeah. you already had yeah. the Air Force. You're like, nope, yeah. not yeah. doing that. Doing yeah. this. I thought I was, this would end up into a thing like you had already signed up into the Air Force. And so when you found out you were going, you're like, sorry, yeah, bro. Yeah. You're going to have to take my place. You did like yeah. we're doing a threes company. In hair, <laughs> in, in hair where like uh, John Savage ends right. up getting out. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. that's good. I like that. I mean, that's a whole movie. Okay. So. And, and at that point, we've been very supportive. Yeah. You know, and then Go it was away. mainly four or five weeks from graduation, I was moving to the dorm. So there wasn't a lot of gap time and there wasn't a summer very much before you were just immersed well it's like cold turkey it's like yeah. not a lot of time for you guys to prepare for yeah. that separation either i no. mean especially and you're moving into dorms and then you're sleeping with strangers or you're sleeping next to strangers and with strangers i guess at that yeah, point but all of it all of the above. everything's a stranger at that point but here's the most interesting thing to me this is the first yeah. time in your whole life where you are a distinct individual right you are no longer a twin, twin. you are no longer looking like this guy that mm-hmm. guy's all the way over here mm-hmm. what the fuck is that like do you get a parrot or something? Something <laughs> like, I, my new identity. Yeah. <laughs> no, said, what, you, what is it yeah, like? That's Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's he, fucking funny. Uh, um, Sorry. What, <laughs> what is that like? Because that's you huge. Know, now it seems it's, to me. Now you're Monday morning. You're always looking back and you look <laughs> back and you go, you know, it's it's somewhat um, freeing of a relationship that buy the the bond is going to always be but the daily the daily you know relationship of seeing somebody every day is going to disappear yeah and you don't you don't you know you don't really analyze it until the accident's the accident and you start to see like i'm an individual people don't know that i have a twin right. people don't expect everybody has brothers and sisters that are probably there and some kids have this wonderful idea of only child syndrome which they bring along just like <laughs> people who have i'm the third or fourth or third brother so everybody's got some syndrome they're bringing to art school um, <laughs> yeah you're not in art school without a syndrome yeah right? it's, it's... and so my syndrome was i'm a twin that's been separated right. separated <laughs> twin <laughs> syndrome. and sts it was it was it the elation you feel when you're in art school and you're accepted just for your art then you show up in your first day and you go well everybody's the greatest in their town. Now all the greats are somewhat, all the virtuosos are in one room. Now you're just back at zero and you're alone. Um, What are you thinking? You're going to look to me like you. Oh no, I I just think that that's got to be a really weird feeling, especially 
after having some you know yeah. with all those things you could support you know there's there's a support structure there now of all, just all the greats yeah well you know what it makes computer. me want to ask i'm yeah. going to interrupt you you yeah. know what it makes me want to ask because i'm going to forget did your drawings change no um interesting good question i stopped drawing i went what? i started to go to um there was just so much competition there was everybody could draw perfectly so let me just one second you go there accepted and what are you thinking when you go there you're going to be a you're going to study i want to i'm going to eventually make films okay but at that level at 17 years old film school one wasn't accepted as it is now and two how could i get in without having some sort of work right i could get in and build my portfolio or start working in the film school and start right. this transition little did i know that the design program was such a great training ground it taught you how to visually see 2d before you even got into the third dimension so you started to learn the way things look flat can you and, give an example of that for for a lay person who's listening to us so, right now Let's say, you have, let's say you have a white canvas. Right. Your instructor would give you four dots the same size. Okay. And place them in, like a dice. Think of it like a dice. It's eight by eight. Okay. Four dots. Place them wherever you want. What's the depth of those dots? Well, they're all on the same plane. Change one bigger. Is that in front or behind those th other three? Huh. Is the biggest thing in front of you or is the smallest thing closest to you? And you start seeing depth perception that when you look, every perspective that's on a poster has some sort of depth perception. Things that are really far or small, or are they really close? And your eyes, you started to train your eye at a very young age. What were the layers of perspective? And how you could use it to tell a story? Yeah, and then when you started to bring that to photography, then your mind just, you know, it, was, it was just another level. And is that where you really knew that yeah. it was, you wanted to I was be I knew I needed to be in a visual medium, and I knew that instead of drawing it, that camera started to capture real life in a way that I could start changing perspectives. And it started to come full circle that even though I didn't have a film education, my film education was, I saw everything from 1971, well, I was born in 70, when I could realize what I was watching, right. all the way to 88, probably that summer was, you know, just we're coming off a Top Gun. Or you were born like, in the best decade for cinema still. I yeah, mean, it was great. I mean, to this day. So, yeah. But that being said, you're, you're going to school. You're now, you, you've now decided you're not drawing. Yeah. You've moved toward this I, visual. I'm moving, to, I'm moving into design. And it was, called visual, it was called Visual Communications. And it was a program that CalArts was running, which was communicating by everything visual. It mm -hmm. then turned into uh, graphic design just to hone in on having a title but it was visual communications which was every single medium video photography graphic design and you're just starting to communicate through a visual medium and that you're getting the best of the best teachers there you're getting people from switzerland you're getting people from germany you're getting english you're getting you're getting um teachers from cranbrook out of michigan Wow. And the best of the best are coming to teach. And you've never looked at things this way mm -mm. before. even you know, I didn't even know the word esoteric. And then now that I'm the esoteric <laughs> filmmaker, I guess I can do it. Yeah, I know that word a little too yeah, well yeah. myself. It's yeah. uh, <laughs> Listen, I, I like it, but, you know, all right. Anyway. You start learning these words that your vocabulary. Like, my, my tongue doesn't even move that way. <laughs> it's a little heady. Yeah. It's a little heady. It's like esoteric. Michael. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you start getting introduced. You start getting introduced to artists that are 
LA based like Ed Richet mm. and John Baldessari. You start seeing this West Coast oh, wow. brewing up and John Baldessari was, would visit CalArts. And the East Coast had already the Warhols in that. I mean, right. it had everybody. It had every, you know, and you had this more Julian the, the modern scene mm-hmm. was already just percolating just so well over there where the where Kenny Scharf and the guys over here got their due respect, but it was West Coast never got the respect, just sort of like the fashion world still. It's like, and you're just growing by leaps and bounds and you're moving toward this, this ultimate goal of visual narrative and Mark is still home. Uh-huh. And so I'm trying and, to think. He's where building a portfolio to get in, to get in. And so he starts working like with, it. with cameras and understanding narrative and stories. And he's making these short films and I'm getting one year under my belt for the first year. And it's, it's, for lack of a better term, mind blowing at that point because you're 17. I'm just turning 18 that that calendar year. So ahead of the game. And Are you the youngest person in your class at that point? Yeah. Wow. And I, my my roommate wow. was 20, turning 21. And I remember moving in, and they said you could bring a refrigerator, a small <laughs> refrigerator. And I, my dad is in a Ford F150, drops me off with the refrigerator, drops me off, and just leaves. <laughs> He's like. Yeah, that's it. Later, he goes. I'll see you around Christmas. <laughs> you have to pay extra to get those delivered into the dorm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I carry it in. I drop it. Uh-huh. And what's nice about Calars is that each dorm, they're sweet. So there's two rooms and one bathroom that separates okay. the room. So just like there's actually four guys, and they're co-ed. So you could be boys or girls, but mainly it was two nice. boys and two boys. And when I put my refrigerator down, this who I thought was. You know, an adult, which was an adult <laughs> at the time. He was turning 21. His name is Scott, still my friend today. Oh. He is in the bathroom. And he puts his head out. And it feels like a real genius, you know, like Val Kilmer's like popping his head oh, out. Out of the closet. And he comes out and he looks at me <laughs> and he goes, all right, if you want to go to the bathroom, I'm just going to be in the shower. And he closes the door. And I pick up this phone that was free with the description of Newsweek. <laughs> and so I had this Newsweek phone. <laughs> and I picked it up and I call my brother and I said, I'm living with a fucking man. <laughs> Twenty years old, he's like, we could shit and shower Almost at the same time. Right? He's like, yeah, he's already what three. The fuck. Yeah, three years. I go, damn, he's got a beard. <laughs> he's got long hair. Got beaded. And I'm curtains. like associating every person I see with either a movie I've seen or a scene I've seen. So at this point, so who's he? He's from Real Genius. He's Laszlo, exactly. the guy that lives in the basement. Oh wait. John Just, Grace's character. Right. That was not, Val Kilmer was the roommate yeah. and John Grace was the one who lived, lived in the closet. In, yeah. So, right. so John Grace pops out, who right. I end up working with, which is ironic. This is how everything gets connected. This is what I'm saying. It's, it's, there is no, you know, it's all connected dots. It's, yeah. it's pain, it, it, not paint by numbers because these weird things happen, like you getting in, yeah. your brother not getting yeah. in, and, you know, these, these kind of opposite land things, but it still all leads to the same place. It's amazing how much is written that we don't. We just participate in. We're participating in this written. Yes. And everybody's got their own journal, and and we're reflecting. But things are happening that you want to happen, and they happen. You go, wow, that happened. But but it's also know, when I see yeah. great artists like yourself, and I get the ability and the luxury to talk to you. It's I, I see this thing where it's like it's just going to happen. There yeah. is going to be a way. The more people we talk to, right, Jason? Yeah. It's like the more you see, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, it will come to fruition. Right. You know, so you're plotting now. That's yeah. right, kind of deep yeah. though at 17 to yeah. be plotting world domination, yeah. like, you know, a couple of hundred miles away from each other yeah. for the first time in your life. Yeah. And, and, he, and he's writing, making short films. He's making short films and he applies. Right. 
And Real quick, before are you yeah. guys coordinating at all? Are you talking about? We're talking, it? but it's it, you know it's so far from what we know now is communication. So it's maybe once a week, maybe during a football game. Right. No, no um, cell phones. There's not a lot of. There's no internet. There's no emails. You're not texting ideas back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yeah. Third act. And I, you know, yeah. a lot of people haven't seen Mark at this point. So. Are you telling me? Everyone and knows you're totally, a, a twin, but right. you know the perception of twin is: Are you identical? Are you fraternal? And if you say identical, is like, well, there's another one. Like, there's no capacity for somebody to think there's another one, even if <laughs> you say it. You know? Especially all these men. Yeah, especially yeah, all these men. Like bearded, long-haired, yeah, long-haired man. He's like, here, meet my twin. You know, okay. at this point, it's just so he doesn't come out to visit. He doesn't come out to visit mm-hmm. until probably the spring when he has applied. He okay. comes down for like a spring, I believe a spring break to see the school and we walk around and then there's the realization like, oh, there's Michael. He has, there's Mark. <laughs> or they see Mark and then they say, I saw you over by the cafeteria and it was Mark. So okay, it's you start to see this, <laughs> what you left behind right. a year ago. And did you feel like you were missing it or like you were glad it's coming back or you're like, oh. you know, I was, I was happy at mm-hmm. that point because the school was so good the school was very very good very rigorous right and so you didn't have a lot of time to smoke cigarettes and drink mgd you know which would have been great um uh, you can do PBR, that you can do that yeah okay. mgd at that point right. pbr was i mean david lynch did that david lynch single-handedly brought pbr back and they should probably i don't disagree it. yeah they, yeah he should have stock in the, yeah, uh, yeah, in the company are you a pbr guy i i have my moments yeah yeah, yeah. 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 i'm a bud tall boy yeah i i started to be Real art. I, was, like, I was getting really art dark and started just drinking Guinness and like, yeah, that's this what was I the did co- too. I started right and yeah. just Guinness is good. Yeah, yeah. but Guinness lie. in '88, you're like, this is mud. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, what sure is this dark it? shit? It's, it's like just a, dark. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So, so he comes out. Obviously, spoiler alert. Right? He gets yeah. in. Yeah. No. See, see what I did? Yeah, I saw what you did there. Yeah, that was good. It's fast. Thank you. That was almost Letterman like. Wow. And should I grow? I mean, just jump into that one. I mean, yeah. Let me just let that settle. Would you like me to compare you to somebody else? Uh, no, no, no. That's that's great. <laughs> Let's just leave it there, please. <laughs> so he doesn't get in. So he that's kind of fucked yeah, up. No, he, no, no, he, he doesn't get in, and that's that twice. That becomes a big, bigger thing. Um, yeah, that's what I'm um, saying. How do you get past that to even write together and say now we're going to collaborate? Yeah, the, you know, the second rejection. I think we both felt pretty good because it. I saw his portfolio and it was just as good as the, the the students I was in. So I'm not sure why he didn't get in or what wasn't the skill that he had that they weren't looking for. Right. But that's when I started to understand the critique system of getting critiqued at a young age and finding that rejection is is really tough on tough on students and tough on people that wanted to go. Yeah. And with that having that happen. The next year, he just moved down, and that becomes the doppelganger situation where mm. he's not getting the education, but he's he's now a part of everything. Part of everything that we're he's doing. living the college. He's life. living the college life and not understanding the academics of it all. Yeah, you forged the path yeah. so he could just drop in socially. Yeah, he dropped like, in. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's and it. He I'm came here. In and <laughs> reverse. What a fascinating time to for him. Yeah, because it's set in stone and you're you look like somebody at school so you can hang out too oh and there's a familiarity mm. and like oh hey yeah we, we kind of know you um and that started to, and that started to change cal arts for me a bit um, i imagine because I mean, you have a relative that 
can start commenting on what you're doing and commenting on who your friends are and you have sort of what you had in high school you have somebody critiquing whatever you're doing now and so that became a relationship that had its benefits because when you partied you had somebody to party with that you 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 had a confidant with yeah yeah to slip back into it was an easy pattern to slip back into um but then when i would leave and go do be under scrutiny at school that wasn't something we shared because he didn't understand that kind of criticism. Right. And as CalArts goes, it's, it's really, really tough. You know, I couldn't even imagine. It's, I, it's, I mean, they just put you under a microscope and this is now your second year. Yeah, my second year. And a big was, workload. Yeah. It was, yeah. You're doing 17 projects and they're due on Wednesday and you get them on Monday. And you got your brother living there. Are you living yeah. together? Yeah. And we, and we ended up getting an apartment and you know, there's a, there's a comfort level, mm-hmm. but, but, it's also there's a lot. Al- but there's also a lot. I mean, you're going to school and you're understanding that you've already built relationships since so you're going into the second year with with this community of younger artists and you're all trying to dredge through and figure out the dynamics and the verbiage and the what's the word? Didactic. That's a good word for you. you can, I'll give that for free. I'll I only charge three word. cents every time you use it. Didactic. Um, idiosyncratic cents. is another one. That's five cents. Okay, I'm not a big I'm, a fan as that as yeah. I am of didactic. Yeah. You're at 12 cents. And, and so, we started, <laughs> so we started. And after mid-second year, third, third quarter, mm-hmm. I said it wasn't so much having a brother. The workload became massive and the critiques on you as a person became big not having a relationship with anybody not even having a girlfriend you started to become very very isolated and you felt like you were a target i was just 18 at that point is that what they're trying to accomplish they're doing something and i mean whatever they're doing it works but when you're in it you don't and my dad was was living in bolivia not bolivia he was living in bogota at the time and he was bringing a plane up to he was a pilot, so he's dropping off a plane or yeah, exchanging a plane. No, Sounds not at all suspicious. No. Yeah, he makes narcos. Working in the DEA, <laughs> Bogota, he makes flying nar- back and forth. Yeah. He nothing going on there. Yeah, he yeah. makes narcos look like Cinderella. I mean, really, yeah, that sounds like yeah. uh, your dad really sounds like a whole episode yeah. in and of yeah, himself. Yeah. And so he was up Fuck. here and he vis- Mark wasn't here at the point. He came up to the school and I wanted to show him my studio so they give you really they give you a really proper space so you can show your work and really he came over and i said i said and i never really had talks like i didn't even have a talk about my dad how to shave or be with girl like it just was unspoken you just either learned how the blade worked on your face or you didn't <laughs> you know um, <laughs> there's no time to there's teach no time you. and so <laughs> figure it out the art part of everything he he never associated with but he was never discouraging he never said anything he was just like this is what you're doing i back you and he was in my studio and i remember him sitting at my desk and i said i don't i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna stop i'm gonna quit this is a lot and he goes let me just give you some advice if you quit that'll become a habit and you don't want that habit i said okay he goes do me a favor finish out these years and then let's have this discussion you only have two and a half years left Tell me what it's like after two and a half years. Best advice from this day on. Did you immediately take it? Or did you yeah, I, I, I said, I, one, I didn't want to disappoint him because mm-hmm. at that point I didn't want to disappoint him. But he said, if you leave here and you go to another school and you quit this one, then what, what's going to make you not quit that one? 
Was I going to quit the other one? You can keep quitting because you know that that's a feeling that gets you out of the tough spot. Can't argue with one one piece of that. So you stayed. I stayed. And then after my four years, that was the greatest advice. It didn't get easier. And your brother stayed up there with you. He stayed up. He stayed. He stayed there with me. And Again, not going to school. Mm-mm. And is, is you still planning this whole time when you graduate? We're gonna go make. Well, movies? that's what. Like, where does that conversation even happen? I know. This is a real that weird conversation plan. happened. Like, that, yeah, but it's it not, happened probably the fourth year, because that became the most relaxed year. Because after the third year, huh. my credits were above and beyond, so I was able to start taking extracurricular activities and. What's nice about CalArts is that they provide you and it's recommended that you take a class in every other school. So you take a music class, or you take a dance class, you take an animation class. They want you to That's associate great. with other schools. And I was able to start getting into film and video and start hanging out with the film school guys, which were really elite at that point because they're much older. Wow. Um, well, and, much and, older. Yeah, much older, 25, 26. And oh, these are graduates. These are graduates. And, and they... I mean, they, they have the word snob down. I mean, they're just, they're, they know it. Yeah, it's a turtleneck for every one of yeah, them. Yeah, there's a, yeah. Oh my I mean, God. it's the after Jack Kerouac situation, you know, when they start looking like a beatnik and not living the beatnik life, they right. were they knew everything. But then again, this is now I'm seeing where Big Sur comes from. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, yeah. I'm seeing where these influences yeah. are now creeping yeah. into your, your existence. You're spending this last year of school now. You know it's going to be like, all right, you got to go out into the real world yeah. and do some fucking thing. Yeah, I said, <laughs> I'm going to, so we have two times a year you have a, crit, a criticism situation where all the teachers sit around and look at your work and tell you either how good you are, mainly how bad you are, and how you're not going to survive in the world and what they feel. But you have to remember, they're working artists too. They're artists out in the world. They leave this class because teaching helps them provide to pay their bills, but their work is at the LACMA and, and different, in different places all over L.A. So wow. in one way, there's a competition going on. Always. Uh, you know, and you don't realize that because you didn't have that in high school. Mm. So you're learning your art and their art is actually competitive you're or it's at least subtext. Yeah. You're learning, you're learning about their life too. And <sighs> you realize they're not teachers. They're artists that are making money so they can still become, be artists. Right. Um, which and is, it changes um, yeah, it changes a lot. So the perspective of butting heads or I, different ideas start coming up. Um, why isn't this good? If your work isn't good, right? you know, and you, you start getting really rebellious and you start getting a loose huh. tongue, you know, your tongue I wonder starts. If that's getting, what they, I started to interrupt, it, but I wonder if that's what they almost want. Cause it seems to me like they're doing this brainwashing. Yeah. Thing where they're like, get used to isolation, yeah. get used to criticism, get used to rejection. Yeah. We're going to make it as hard as fucking possible on yeah. you. So when you get out there, it's going to seem not that hard. Well, it, it reminds me as you talk about it like that, it's like basic training. Yeah. It's like boot camp. It's not unlike a soap and a sock situation, you know? Right. They, they're they going to beat the fuck out of you. And then you your... walk out, you're like, what? Yeah. Like, oh, you don't like my film? Fuck yeah, off. Yeah. And I so, ordered the code red of myself, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and so the okay. la- so the last year I'm preparing um that I'm going to there's a part of me that's apprehensive about leaving. I wanted to be done with the school, but I wanted to go make movies, but there was zero connection to what's thirty miles away, which is called Hollywood. Hmm. I had zero connection to it. Hmm. Um even though there was thirty miles. There was a lot of teachers that had influence in Hollywood, Hollywood would come up and visit and give classes. There was, 
not even a quite of an internship quality about some of these things. Mm-hmm. But and, it's still a foreign land, really. Yeah. And, and you're friends at the film school, guys. Well, wait, you brought something up. But you said you had these final two critiques. Like, yeah, there was something yeah, in those yeah. critiques that happened. The, I showed, I did a video for one of my presentations, mm-hmm. and you just got tore apart. I mean, and so these critiques could last an hour, or they can last eight hours, or they can last two days. They can last as long as they want. So when you put your work up, even though you have a segment of time, it can go as long as they want. So it's that's it's rough. you know it's I think not, it is boot camp. It's, wow. it's not yeah that's fucking rough. It's not man. waterboarding, but well no, but isn't it? But if but isn't it a, mental? Young, but to a young artist, yeah, you're sitting there. Fuck. And so I showed this video clip, and I did it on illiteracy, and they just went it's completely bonkers. And I, this isn't feel good. This does not feel good. So <laughs> I just walk around the campus, like all right. I'm going to sort of play their game. I'm going to be really good at what they want me to be good at because they didn't think what my videos, my editing video school, because they weren't accustomed to an art student to start getting into media. So it was new for them. Mixed media was new even in in fine uh, art at that time. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's, I think, an important thing. So you really had a mixed media piece that you put in and they were like, what the fuck is this mixed media bullshit? Yeah, and they they just did not. Old guard. Yeah, it just didn't... um, put the butter on the biscuit you know? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like not at all like it did yeah all right so what do you do and so i said i'm going to double down and just do exactly what they feel is going to get me make them happy and get me kind of out of here on the right on the right note so i for the last semester i just made art made art that was speaking to what was happening in the time and what they were making and what they were making. And so I became sort of a, just a comrade with them parallel. We're doing the same thing. I'm learning at this point. What'd you get out of doing that? Um, I ended up getting an education on, on fonts, which is pretty crazy on fonts, on fonts. I really took a deep dive into the history of fontography. You're not fucking around. No, you're being dead serious right now. Did you know this? This is uh, this a about thing, him? Fontography? No, not about him. I'm saying in general that there's a thing, fontography. You didn't know about fontography? Are you fucking with me? <laughs> no, of course I didn't know about it. I'm not sitting here acting so, like a jackass because so I knew about it. So you're not coming to my talk on fontography? Okay, <laughs> so you didn't know about it either. Okay. So, But wait, but you're not fucking around, so mm-hmm. tell me about so this. So I, I started to understand the landscape of really hardcore graphic design going all the way down to who was doing all the New Order covers and Peter Seville and all wow. the out, out cover art of like Led Zeppelin and, and starting to see where graphic design applied and it started to make sense that I'm looking at artwork and why every every word meant something, every figure meant something. And I started, what's this language you're using? Huh. What's the alphabet? What's Why is A, A? Why is B, B? Why is it created? What are the different forms it takes? You never would have thought to do that had you not now changed go back, your perspective. Yeah. And I changed my, and I just followed their path. And it really helped because it was what they were educating in. And so mm-hmm. I used their education to educate me and I didn't go against it, even though they knew I was very rebellious. I started to get the education that required them to speak their language. And how was the critique the second time when you did that? It was great. They, they, you didn't have to take a walk. No, at that point, they asked After. me what firm I was going to join or where I was going to go to. 
you were a shining star. Yeah, I, be, you know, I I became that student that said, "Oh, we know where you're going to go now." So there's a sex, maybe a success story for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, I remember this the last day, last week. They said, "What are you going to do?" And I said, "I'm going to go make movies." And they all said, "What the fuck?" They wanted to give you another one of those first critiques. Yeah, they were you, almost like you like can't. Fucked us. Yeah, you, we, almost, you made us believe in you, and you <laughs> fucked us. That's what happened. You yeah. told us you were going to be like us, yeah. but like, you used us. Like, one day you'll understand the font WTF. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, you'll understand what the fontography is. Yeah, what it stands yeah, what for. The font. It's a really what the font? No. You no, could you use can't that. tell that joke again. No, that joke is untellable. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's no. a one I'm done. Wait. Fuck. Yeah. You really... Okay, now you're out of school. You graduate. Yeah, so... You got to get a job. 